What's up, Gumbo listeners? Demetrius Malbro here with another Data Protection Gumbo episode titled, wait for it, The Keys to Unlocking Azure Backup During COVID-19. And to drop these valuable gems, I brought Carl Roddenstrach on the show. And Carl has been with Microsoft for seven years as a technical architect and now as a program manager in Azure Engineering. He's well-versed in edge computing, cloud storage, data protection, and business continuity. Carl currently works with Azure's huge portfolio of storage partners. And today, Gumbo listeners, Carl will be dropping some knowledge on some of the big trends he's seeing today around Azure storage and data protection. Also, how COVID-19 has some companies reevaluating how they back up their servers, all because they want to decrease the cost of maintaining storage. We'll touch on the Windows virtual desktop explosion that's happening and so much more when we get back from thanking our sponsors. When disaster strikes, it's better to have a trusted partner. That partner is NetVPro. Before your files are encrypted with ransomware, NetVPro can protect and recover your data. Try out their white glove disaster recovery services today at 888-902-3250. Welcome to the show, Carl. How are you? Demetrius, I am great. Thanks for having me on today. And man, time uh, time does fly, doesn't it? My, my kids were, were little. All three of my boys were little when, uh, when yeah. we first met. And they're... Uh, they're young men now. It is, uh, it's crazy. Hard to keep. I, I definitely remember that back in old sunny Florida. So I brought you on the show today because I really, really love where your career has gone over the last 10 or 15 years and your trajectory overall in the market. So hats off to you there. The first question that I, I am very curious about uh, I, I really want to know, I guess, what is the big trend that you are seeing today in all of your conversations about Azure? Man, I, I got to tell you, I think like most of us in our, our personal lives now, it is COVID, COVID, COVID. Uh, it's just amazing. Right. I mean, it has taken over every conversation, every engagement, every consideration that we are experiencing with uh, with customer interactions. And I'm hearing the same thing from my my partners as as well, of course. And you know, the big drivers are cost savings. Uh, I think with with the economic uncertainty that's out there now, uh, we have customers across a wide range of industries that are looking for any way they can to um, drive some cost savings out of right. uh, out of their infrastructure. And um, one of the the ways we're seeing that, which has surprised us a little bit, is in terms of customers who are no longer backing up uh, parts of, of their infrastructure in, in that attempt to cost save, it's really caused folks to do an examination of their RPO, RTO, and SLA requirements. Really? And decide, you know, geez, I, I maybe don't need mm. to back up that application. That, that's been pretty surprising. Yeah, we're going to dig into that a little bit later. So yeah, ho- hold that thought a little bit, but I, I really want to dig into that one. Yeah, yeah, that's been... That's been shocking. Mm. One that hasn't surprised me is the turn to recovery in the cloud. Mm-hmm. I've done a couple of industry events recently. I spoke at, at Rubrics online conference, at Veeam's online conference. Uh, I got a webcast coming next week here with with Microsoft, and 
you know, the hot topic and the questions that are coming in from customers mm-hmm. around how to use cloud as a recovery site has been another big trend. Okay. How do I do away with that second data center that I've got that I got to worry about staffing? Mm-hmm. I mean, what if you know my 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 folks, my own employees, are impacted by the COVID virus, and now I've got that person who understands that runbook, who wrote it, who's not available, right. who has access to that facility, who's not available. It's causing folks to look at cloud as a recovery location and at heavy automation that they haven't implemented in the past. Hmm. Yeah. So the final trend, um, and, and we'll talk about this more in depth later, uh, Demetrius, but virtual desktops, man, we have seen an explosion in our Windows virtual desktop service. And it's really those same concerns. You know, where Where's my staff working from? How are they going to connect to the environment in a secure way? And cloud-based des- desktops have uh, have really helped folks through those those challenges, including me. You know, I've uh, been out, haven't had my PC. I've needed to do some work, and uh, I've been able to jump on with my iPad or my MacBook Pro and um, you know hit a secure desktop instance. It's pretty pretty cool stuff. All cloud-based. Okay, so. To support things like backup and DR disaster recovery and VDI, you you brought it up, uh, virtual desktop infrastructure, how are customers moving large quantities of data to Azure today? So there's really two means that folks are doing it. And uh, I mean, I think back to 20 years ago when I had to be concerned about moving large amounts of data from one one location at uh, the utility company and I worked with to another. Uh, mm-hmm. Boy, it was a nightmare trying to juggle the schedules, right? And make sure that yeah. you fit it all in with that, that, that limited pipe, which at the time was an OC128. It wasn't too small, but uh, compared <laughs> okay. to what customers have now, um, you know, and really that that method of moving data online over the wire is uh, mm-hmm. still, of course, very popular. And there's a number of different tools that can do that from our own free AZ copy to some great partner solutions like Peer Software or Datadobe. Um, from a backup perspective, we uh, we have integration with all the major vendors out there, Veeam. Veritas, Rubrik, Cohesity, Commvault, mm-hmm. uh, Cronus, you know, you name it, you can you can use Azure as a backup target. Most folks nowadays are doing that online, over the wire, in phases. But we do offer an offline mechanism as well for folks who are concerned about the amount of headroom they have on a daily basis and the time it would take to complete those baseline backups. And that's where the Databox mm-hmm. family comes in of... Uh, of moving data offline to Azure. Databox. What, what is the Databox? So Databox is a family of, uh, of devices, everything from individual disks that connect to your systems via USB 3. Uh, you go ahead mm-hmm. and dump your backups on there. It's, of course, encrypted to Databox, which is an about a 100 terabyte device. Um, looks like a hardened desktop PC. And the okay. uh, same thing, you write data to it, it's encrypted at rest, ship it to us, we ingest it. And uh, next thing you know, you got that initial baseline backup seeded and, and done you know, offline through, through that device. And then finally, there's the big boy, the uh, data box heavy, as we call it, because it is literally heavy. It's, uh, it's a quarter rack size unit on wheels, stores about a petabyte of data. 
And those three different systems that are part of the family, disk, box, and heavy, will, uh, will allow customers to move uh, lots of data in, uh, in a pretty quick fashion offline. All right. So, Carl, you, you obviously know a lot of uh, vendors, a lot of backup and recovery companies. You know, that's your space. So you work you work across the board with Commvault, Rubrik, Cohesity, work with everyone. So I, I think that's fantastic. And that gives you a really, really, really broad um, vision of the entire industry of what's happening on the backup side. But what I'm really curious about is what, what is slowing folks down? right now, just in the midst of everything that's happening, you know, with, uh, with COVID-19 and everything else? Yeah, great question. So I'll tell you, when it comes to uh, integrating cloud into your, into your existing backup environment, that the easy part is saying, I have a new storage target. It is this cloud storage repository that I've created. That's easy. That's a couple of clicks. The challenging part mm-hmm. is understand what changes in your day-to-day from a security and a governance perspective. And that all comes from uh, you know, learning and, and mastering cloud basics. And really we're looking at a, an evolution, right? Where it, we, we all went through this when VMware came on the scene, we had to learn about hypervisors, we had to understand virtual machines and the implications there. We're going through that again with public cloud. And you know, that, that tends to freeze people in their tracks. That, that's what I see. It's like, man, I don't know where to begin. Those, uh, those are the challenging uh, points, learning this new paradigm. It's a lot, right? So just being a backup administrator and just trying to figure out, okay, is my career going to evolve or is my career going to die? That's something that we've discussed on the Backup and Recovery Professionals uh, LinkedIn group that I run, and it's a very, very lively discussion. Uh, I also have a panel that's coming up as well, which we may record uh, live and give people an opportunity to to join in and also comment uh, as we are, you know, speaking on the panel. Uh, I guess you talk with a lot of data protection and backup vendors in the space. So, what advice would you give to a backup administrator right now who's, um, you know, trying to gain an edge in today's market? Yeah, great question. So I think understanding some of those fundamental, you know, newer technologies like Kubernetes and container ecosystems, uh, unstructured databases, semi-structured databases, there's a lot of net new types of uh, applications that are storing persistent data. And one of the things that I love to talk to uh, IT pros about is the fact that you know, no, you, you are not being pushed out of the market, right? You, you are not being obsolete. Yeah. There is still data being stored persistently that needs to be protected. And whether that's stored in the public cloud or that's stored on-premises, no matter what the levels of redundancy are, you still need data protection. You need a data protection strategy. And a backup admin mm-hmm. today should really do that, that homework to understand where can data be stored in a Kubernetes cluster that needs to be protected? Some of it isn't persistent, right? Some of it is, I'm going to recreate this web application on the fly if something goes wrong. But the backend database data that's stored, 
needs to be protected. Maybe some of that business logic in the middle tier needs to be protected. Understand where that data lives, understand what tools and capabilities are available. Your current backup vendor may not offer Kubernetes backup option. That may not be there yet today. So you have to go out and evaluate the new solutions in the market. Really, this is no different than the other technology changes we've gone through, the paradigm shifts over the last couple of decades. It just means you got to stay on top of it. You have to be the expert. You have to know what needs to be protected and do that uh, Do that, that homework to understand it and be the expert. And if you think we're even close to being finished dropping data protection knowledge, Gumbo listeners, we have some ingredients to share with you as soon as we get back from thanking our sponsors. Are you overwhelmed by that next data migration, data center relocation, or you need short or long-term staff augmentation? NetVPro is ready to partner with you. NetVPro provides IT solutions for data storage, backup, disaster recovery, business continuity, and security. NetVPro works directly with you, whether it's upgrades, network and server administration, desktop engineering support, or assistance with virtualization. Before disaster strikes or your files are encrypted with ransomware, the experts at NetVPro can help protect and recover your data. With three regional data centers across the U.S. already trusted with hundreds of terabytes of existing customer data, NetVPro's services are geared towards helping small to medium-sized businesses meet their productivity goals. Your initial consultation and quote is free. NetVPro is ready to partner with you. Please visit netvpro.com or call 888-902-3250. To Carl, we're back in. And before the break, you were talking about how important it is for backup administrators to start understanding some of the newer technologies like Kubernetes and unstructured databases and some of those net new applications that are storing persistent data. And you were so elegantly saying to backup administrators that you are not being pushed out of the market. Data is still growing and data protection is still a big key to a company's survival. So for the rest of this episode, let's get into some examples of the learning process that data protection experts need to do in order to elevate their existing skills and remain valuable in the backup and storage industry. Yeah, I I really love your response there because 10, 15 years ago when I was a backup administrator and, you know, I was deep in the trenches with TSM, traveling around the U.S., you know, installing, configuring, you know, tape libraries. And, you know, I never thought that we would come to a place today where you don't see as much tape and now cloud is a big thing to utilize as far as storing data in. I like your statement. You have to do your homework. And now you really have to understand what's happening in the complete market. Back then, if you was a TSM admin, then you better know TSM like the back of your hand. But now you can no longer just be focused on TSM, right? There's so many other things in the market that you have to to be concerned about that you have to learn about, like, you know, AWS and, and Azure and GCP, what's happening in the cloud. You know, you got ransomware. So you have all these different things that you have to really be concerned about. 15 years ago, it, it wasn't really that many things to worry about, right? Yeah, so absolutely, Demetrius. I mean, really, you you couldn't have hit the nail you know, more more squarely on, on the head there. And here's a great example of that, that learning process and that need to be the data protection expert for your organization. 
you know, we have customers who will bring their existing Veritas uh, deployment or, or Spectrum Protect deployment into Azure and use that to protect uh, virtual machines mm-hmm. running running inside the, the public cloud. And I think that's pretty common across all of the public clouds. Yeah. But what what is a uh, not a safe assumption is that that same tool that you are the expert in, that same software suite that you know and you understand so well, can be used to protect cloud native as a service applications. Mm. So a great example is uh, you, you can't use those backup solutions to protect Azure SQL, mm. which is our database as a, as a service offering for SQL Server. Okay, uh, You can't protect Cosmos DB with that. And uh, and this applies with uh, with with databases in in Google uh, Cloud and and in AWS as well. You are going to have to learn and leverage new tools yeah. to protect those you know critical um, storage locations that that host data for uh, for your company. So yeah, there you go. Go out, read those docs, understand the data protection yeah. capabilities for those as a service offerings. And uh, and you remain that that valuable individual to your company, but it is going to require learning some new things. Absolutely, I, I do love that learning. Learning is a continuous thing, and that's one thing over the last twenty years that I have really understood was that if you stop learning, then you stop growing, and you have picked the wrong market if you don't like doing those things. So IT is not the place to become comfortable, right? Yeah, that's for sure. You're in the wrong business if that's the case. <laughs> you want to be comfortable, go sell insurance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So in in the past several months since COVID has hit, are you seeing any behaviors around how companies, you know, store their data in the cloud change at all? Have they changed from before COVID hit? Yeah, they they really have, and this goes back to uh, to our initial uh, part of the conversation here around around cost savings. Okay. You know, really, really taking a close look at: Am I storing this backup data? Am I storing the this production file data? No matter what customers are placing on public cloud storage, is it being stored effectively on the most cost effective tier? And mm-hmm. with the most cost-effective resiliency, number of copies, amount of protection applied to it. So, you know, looking at that mm-hmm. fine print, understanding exactly what the SLAs are, understanding exactly what the performance metrics are, and understanding what the costs are to read and write that data is is mm-hmm. really critical to making sure that you are I- indeed using cloud storage in the most economic way possible. And a great, great way to do that is to take a look at your existing environment and understand your retention policies. How long are you retaining yeah. data? Can you put it on a lesser cost tier of storage where there is a, um, a, a data deletion fee for early deletion? Mm-hmm. You know, if I've got a retention in my organization of 30 days, and yet there's an early deletion penalty on that lower cost storage tier of 60 days, mm-hmm. uh, I've made a bad decision, right? I'm, I'm not saving yeah. money because I'm paying a penalty that I wouldn't have to pay if uh, if I chose a, a different tier of, of storage with that cloud provider. So understanding those things is really um, 
important. And uh, we're producing some guidance for our popular partner solutions that, uh, that will be found on docs.microsoft.com pretty, uh, pretty soon. And I'll, I'll send you a link to that. Demetrius would, uh, would love to have that yeah. shared out with users, but it's kind of a, a cheat sheet and a quick start guide for, uh, for understanding the, um, all of those important parameters around cloud storage, which, uh, which is very different from what we're all used to on-premises. Yeah, I think that would be very helpful for uh, our listeners. So definitely share that so I can include that in the link. Um, and so they can have an opportunity to go back and kind of review that on their own time. Um, also, something else that I've seen is that, you know, slower moving companies are more likely to adopt a hybrid cloud strategy that they've accelerated this year, you know, which is where I see, you know, Microsoft excel over the com over your competitors. And Azure's strength in hybrid computing has also made it the main player in the industry with, with your products being used by, I think the percentage was like 95% of Fortune 500 companies, if I'm correct. What, what are your thoughts around just that entire um, play, I guess, the discussion around what I just mentioned there? Yeah, yeah. So uh, agree 100%. I, I spent time... Uh, over the last year and a half with our edge computing business, uh, a big part of that, that hybrid cloud strategy that, that we have. And, um, you know, it, it is a way for customers who are new to public cloud and cloud concepts to get comfortable without having to move resources outside of their own data center. So that's been uh, one reason for, for adoption. The other is uh, the, the, the reality of, um, of, of telecommunications and, and internet technology today. And I don't see any uh, Star Trek uh, warp technology coming in to change this, is you know, latency makes it impossible to move some applications to public cloud. You need critical applications that require you know, near zero latency close to the people who are using them. So you think about emergency responders, for example, and you, you've got to make sure that those applications that are needed for them to respond to an emergency are, are quick to deliver results and quick to deliver those, those next steps. Mm -hmm. um, you know, really, that's, that's been a, a huge reason for hybrid computing as well. And what, what our customers who are adopting Azure for some of their applications, retaining other applications on premises are looking for is a unified experience across the board. So okay. I know that no matter what I'm doing, I'm going to do it in the same way, simpler, right? Less things to manage, mm -hmm. less things to understand, whether it's managing Kubernetes clusters on premises or in the cloud or managing virtual machines on premises or in the cloud. I want that same experience. I want those same tool sets. And that has really been driving our hybrid cloud suite with the Azure Stack family and with Azure Arc uh, forward with our, our customers. It provides that unified and universal experience. So Azure Arc, not not sure I'm, I've heard of it. Um, not sure I'm 100% on what it is. Can you explain that? Yeah, no worries, and it is it is very new. So you know, not not something that uh, has certainly been out there in in the uh, in the press a lot. You haven't you haven't seen okay. a lot about it. All but right. uh, really, 
Azure Arc is a, is a family of uh, software solutions, and it is 100% software. There's no hardware with, uh, with the Azure Arc family. Uh, software that helps you manage virtual machines, manage Kubernetes clusters, and manage databases deployed on those Kubernetes clusters and other applications deployed on those Kubernetes clusters from a common cloud-based console. So really, really cool solution that allows folks to deploy VMs on whatever hypervisor they want, choose whatever flavor of Kubernetes they want to deploy, and have all of that accessible and managed from public cloud to on-premises in a common and unified fashion. Wow. So that has been really, really uh, popular for us. A lot of customers very interested. Um, I can't tell you how many demos I did over the last six months of, yeah. uh, of Arc functionality, but uh, really, okay. really cool stuff that we're building. Wow. And it seems like you, you play around with Arc a lot, or is that something that you are primarily focused on right now? It is not. So it was uh, a couple of months ago, but moving uh, moving into engineering, I'm I'm more laser focused okay. now on our uh, our storage partners like NetApp and Commvault and Cohesity and Rubrik and Nasuni and the whole uh, the whole suite of them. But uh, I, I spent a lot of time with it this uh, earlier this year. So let's say I'm a customer. I'm new. I'm evaluating, and. What would that spiel be? I guess, what would the, the message be? What would you portray to me as a customer, maybe in one sentence or two sentences to convince me that, yeah, this is this is the right move to make? Great question. So the way that I, I sum this up when I'm out speaking at events or, you know, talking with customers in a, in a booth at a trade show or whatever the case may be is when you back up to Azure, you gain an on-demand recovery site. And you get to do that without having to throw your existing backup software out the window. I like that. Not having to throw it out of the window. And if you if you threw it out of the window, you would jump right out of the window and pick it up very, very quickly if you did that. So <laughs> Yeah, we, we know, you and I both know firsthand. You know, moving to a new backup software platform is uh, is not an easy thing, right? That's a non-trivial thing. No. So if you can add the benefits of cloud, paying for what you use, you know, it, it, almost infinite resources available on demand when you need them, and you can do it with a couple of clicks in your existing software package, Yeah, that's the way to go. And, and the great reality is with almost every backup platform out there today, you can do exactly that. Right. And APIs are so important when we haven't discussed it that much in this episode, but that's one thing that I want to stress is make, making sure that whatever that solution is, that the APIs are strong and seamless. Uh, they're easily to, to integrate um, with anything and everything. Uh, so that's just something I want to throw out there is just make sure it's an API driven uh, solution as well. So rolling on to the closing gumbo question, Carl, are you ready? I'm ready to go. All right. So if you had a crystal ball, what does the future look like for data protection and backup? That is a great question. I love it. So I think we're, we're already starting to see this, this change. 
there's been uh, a huge push over the last couple of years to reduce the touch points and the complexity in backup and recovery environments. A big part of that has been automation driven through APIs and just added functionality in backup and recovery software. Uh, we've seen a convergence of hardware and software with folks like Rubrik and, and Cohesity. And really that next step is going to be more as a service offerings. And we're, we're beginning to see this already with Commvault Metallic, Clumio, Druva, and others who are, who are building a backup as a service platform that takes traditional infrastructure uh, out of the picture. And, and I think there's going to be a lot of that going forward because the data estate is getting so much bigger. Yes. Uh, Kubernetes adds a new you know, level of sprawl to mm -hmm. a customer's environment. Simple and simpler is better is, is just going to be king here going forward. We're, we're going to see more and not less. Mm. I love it. I love it. And before I let you go, did, did you hear about the acquisition? I think VMware is acquiring. Thank you data. so much for listening to yeah, Data Protection I Gumbo. I love yeah, reading your and reviews on Apple Podcasts, so please keep them coming. And yet, every right? review that There's you leave helps. So please yeah, yeah. also join like, our LinkedIn group, Backup and Recovery Professionals, and we'll also check out our website this is, this is my at dataprotectiongumbo.com. Crystal Ball. Prediction. So have a great week, and see you next time. You're going to see some very, very large companies acquire some of these other startup-type companies or these um, these rubrics and cohesities and um, let's see what else you got out there. You got your Clumio. Clumio's kind of new. But you just never know. And I predict that you're going to see a lot more acquisitions, a lot more mergers. There's going to be some consolidation going on in the market because right now it seems that it's really primed for the picking to go ahead and start snatching up some of these companies and start strengthening your portfolio. Um, other companies um, gaining that data protection strength. So that's mine. I'm sticking to it, Carl. I think you are spot on, man. That is, uh, pe people can bank on that one. Well, awesome. So I really appreciate you taking time out. Thank you again. And I'll have to bring you on again. So have a fantastic day. It was truly my pleasure. Great to talk with you, Demetrius. <laughs>